TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and done. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. Welcome back into Touch Them All on Score North on 1500. This segment is brought to you by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. I'm Derek Wetmore, and my guest today is none other than Twins Chief Baseball Officer, CBO, Derek Falvey. Derek, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Derek. Yeah, it's awesome. So I, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about pitching and how you guys have sort of assembled it. Um, I look at Cleveland staff, and I think, man, they have got the horses, and yeah. they, they are maybe the class of the division in that case. Um, but I know you guys are also confident in your own group internally. Mm-hmm. What what went into building this, uh, let's start with the rotation, building that out this offseason? How confident are you guys that you have the group to contend? Well, no, no question. When you look around baseball, you look at different rotations and what they look like. And at the end of the day, you're just looking to prevent runs, however you do it, right? So <laughs> right. rotation, bullpen, defense, the combination of all. We, we know that Cleveland staff is... Uh, certainly the class of the division, maybe the class of baseball right sure. now in terms of projection going into the seasons. We get that, but we look at you know what we can control, which is mm-hmm. what what does our staff look like. And Jose Barrios, you know, let's start with him, somebody who made real strides over the last 24 months here and has, has taken on the role of staff leader and ace. You know, sure. We know what he can do, gets deep into games. He's getting better by the year. And I think that he leads the charge. After that, you know, someone like Kyle Gibson, who came back last year and had the best season of his professional career, we fully anticipate him continuing to build off of that. And then after that, you have guys like Michael Pineda coming back from uh, his surgery, someone we fully anticipated for 2019 would be a big part of our rotation. Jake Odorizzi's had a great offseason working with Kyle, doing some of the work that Kyle had done the year before to put himself in a really good spot. We feel like as a rotation stabilizer. And then someone like Martin Perez, who just a couple of years ago was a good, really good young middle of the rotation mm-hmm. starter with the Rangers. Uh, we feel we've identified some things that can help him moving forward. So those five plus some other young guys that are going to come behind it and continue to support the next wave in the inevitable reality that you're going to need more than five starters yeah. to get through a season. Right. We always talk about sometimes we say there is no such thing as a fifth starter. Other times it's like, well, who's your ninth guy in line? Exactly. <laughs> When I build it out, there might be five on opening day, yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's certainly six, seven, eight, nine, ten that you're worried about. Sure. I think a lot of Twins fans right now, Derek, are curious about uh, – curious is maybe the polite way. Maybe they're skeptical mm-hmm. about uh, Pineda coming sure. off a year and also uh, Perez. These are guys I know that you think highly sure, of. What sure. is it that what's what's different about your outlook than maybe what we're looking at from the outside? Sure. So in, in Pineda's case, you know, he, this guy was a, a strong kind of middle to top of the rotation guy with the New York Yankees for a number of years. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. and we recognize that that sets a guy back. And, and so uh, I think the reality is we're all uh, we're all what have you done for me lately types, right? <laughs> yeah. in, in our world these I'm days, guilty. everybody is. Yeah. Everybody is, and I, I I don't I don't begrudge anybody on that. But what our job is. Is to try and figure out are there opportunities for upside and development. And you know, I remember last spring training, we brought in Anibal Sanchez, hoping mm-hmm. that we could maybe capture some of that. We didn't realize it ourselves. You know, he went on and pitched in Atlanta, and I'm incredibly happy for Anibal. But we need to try to find ways where maybe the, the, the big picture perception doesn't match what the reality is, and we can find ways to make him better. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
glad you brought up Sanchez because I made fun of you guys for it last year, <laughs> and then he went and had a great year. Yeah. So, you know, I had egg on well, my face it, after that. It's it's one of those things that it's about development. I, I talk a lot about development and uh, internally, certainly. Sure. Uh, but I think there's still development to be done at the major league level consistently. And, and Anibal is somebody who, even at that stage of his career, even with all the years under his belt, was willing to make some changes and adjust, and you saw what he, you know, he went on to do elsewhere. So you guys think something similar for Perez might be possible, or you're sort of making that bet. It's a small bet, but if sure. it pays off for you guys it it could be really really good for you it, and answer this as as thoroughly as you'd like to sure. i understand there's some trade secret stuff here but how many people are working on i'll call it like a martin perez project he comes into spring training you're gonna lay eyes on him rocco baldelli and west johnson and certainly that group but I got to imagine it goes much, much further than that. No question. Martin's a great example. You know, Thad Levine knew him from his time in Texas, so he knew the kid. He knew the sure. makeup, some of the work ethic and, and passion. But then you start with your scouts. You know, you, you, the guys who are out there seeing those players and really understanding how their mix works. You've you've got your analysts in the in the office that are evaluating his pitches and the pitch mix and maybe ways to to optimize that mix. You know, you see now, you know, to get into the trade secrets, so to speak. You see, you try and identify a certain pitch type that may work for a guy. I think of and what Milwaukee did last year with a guy like Wade Miley, who developed a cutter and, and, and totally transformed the way he went and pitched. So I see it across baseball happening, sure. not just in our space. We need to be just as good, if not better, than everybody else in doing that. But there's a number of analysts, there's a number of scouts, there's a number of player development folks. Certainly the major league coaches that you just mm-hmm. mentioned are a big part of that. And they all come together. And quite frankly, with Martin, we had Wes Johnson and Jeremy Hefner talk to him before we signed him you know, to really get a sense for how open-minded he was to mm-hmm. a new idea and a new plan. And that was part of the conversation. That's great. Well, and Taylor Rogers is another example of a guy who yep. can sort of change his mix, adds a slider last year, and becomes untouchable. No doubt. Um, is it dozens? Might there be 20, 25 people that are impacting this? I don't think it's quite that okay. high. You know, certainly. <laughs> I'm um... just like trying to read through the like how many guys are going to be sure. involved in a project. Yeah, I think, you know, typically you have your major league pitching coach and then your assistant pitching coach or bullpen coach. Uh, you may have an advanced person or two involved in the process, then a couple of analysts and now a scouting group. So you're talking more in the order of magnitude of 6 to 10. But okay. Taylor Rogers is a great example of somebody who last year, here's a good one where trial and error is really impactful. You Taylor Rogers for a long time was helped to uh, assisted in developing a changeup. That yeah. was always the view. It That's was right. he has a good breaking ball, he has a good fastball. How do you develop the changeup to help neutralize against right-handed hitters? Sure. Well, he struggled a little bit with the changeup development and he tried a lot of different things, but it wasn't right the right pitch for him. When he was when he was able to develop a second version of a breaking ball, that basically took care of the need for a third pitch, and that's what allowed him to take off. Yeah, and helps neutralize those righties that you're no talking question. about. No question. Exactly right. He'd be an example of somebody that I think you internally view maybe higher than the consensus. Um, I guess, to put it bluntly, is there a danger in like being too optimistic about, not Taylor, for example, or I mean, not Taylor specifically, but a number of pitchers. Do you ha- try to balance that sort of rose-colored glasses that we can always sort of naturally have? Yeah, I think you know my approach is you root yourself in evidence first, right? And and what your information tells you around projections and sure. information and systems. But then you have to layer on a little bit of what do we think we can do developmentally, which is more of the art. You know, there's a science mm-hmm. and an art blend, and I think that. There's only so far you really should push yourself. So a great example of that is we take our projections of all our players. That gives us a baseline, tells us who we think are some of the best players. It's no surprise, probably the Mike Trouts of the world and others are going to project well, right? So you get that. (laughs) I have a good projection for him this year, (laughs) too. But then you have to layer on a little bit of perspective around if you think he can make these two to three changes – 
he will make his projection better. Mm-hmm. And if you identify that there's something there that you think is achievable versus, and it's not wishful thinking, it's actually a plan, yeah. then you can feel better about it. But okay. you have to root yourself in that plan. That's great. Our guest is uh, Derek Falvey, Twins CBO, and we're talking pitching and pitching development. Derek, something you were well known for in Cleveland, of course. Um, let me ask you this as we move on and, and touch them all here. You've got a, a number of interesting roster candidates, and I look down the pitching list and I say, like, okay, I say interesting in the way that we use it in Minnesota, which is to say it's fascinating, but it's also uh, there's some uncertainty sure. of high upside, also like a low floor of a guy who maybe it's not a big league arm. That just happens across the yep. system. Uh, I'm curious to know uh, – as you go about assembling this roster, you guys think about uh, minor league options and how that can give you flexibility throughout the season. It's just a part of roster construction these days. Are there any that are going to affect things out of camp or something that we as as fans and as media and observers that we need to have our eyes on? Maybe guys that are out of options that you have to really think really long and hard about how to place them on the team. Well, I think yeah, definitely. So there are a number of guys that are out of options within our roster group right now that we really like. You know, So say take someone like Adelberto Mejia, sure. uh, pitcher we, we felt has gone through some ups and downs in his career. We've seen the best of him at different times and really good pitches, really good weapons. Uh, we've also seen when he's been hurt. You know, sure. and, and so that's the challenge. For someone like him, we're right now building him out to have a few innings under his belt and make sure that he has multi-inning ability, but if he falls on the out out of our rotation outlook, we do think this guy's a major league pitcher who can get outs, and it could be interesting in the bullpen. You know, I, I look across baseball, and uh, I, I think about someone like Andrew Miller yeah. or Brad Hand or others. These guys weren't necessarily household names for a period of time, especially as starters or coming up through the minor leagues, and now they've become dominant you yeah. know, bullpen arms. Yeah. And I feel like there are starters, clearly, who go to the bullpen and find ways to be more successful out there. Uh, and we're, we're thinking about ways to utilize you know, someone like Fernando Romero or Adalberto Mejia or others as multi-inning firemen of sorts out in the bullpen that can really impact us. Derek, I was talking with Rocco Baldelli the other day and sort of a media scrum in the the dugout here at Hammond Stadium in Fort Myers. And he he talks about pitching in an interesting way. And I wonder if you can elaborate for our listeners a little bit about when he was talking specifically about Romero, he didn't say reliever, he said a shorter stint pitcher. Um, When he was talking about Mejia, he was talking about length, just like you just spoke of. For Mejia, he didn't necessarily say he's a starter or not a starter. He said, you know, we're flexible with his role and we want to get him some length in spring training. Um, I heard that in Milwaukee they're using just outgetters. They call pitchers outgetters now. How are you guys conceiving that? Is is it uh, similar to what they've done with the Brewers too? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I've heard some people even say, over time, if you think of baseball, this is what I love about the game. You go back the last 100 years. Yeah. Every decade, every 20 years, it changes. There were guys that used to go seven, eight, nine innings you know, pretty regularly, sure. and you see big innings totals. Well, then all of a sudden there was an advent of some relievers that came in and finished some games. Then it became the one-inning finisher that became the closer. Sure. Now we're talking about openers and things like that. I get it. The, the game evolves, and I think we all adapt to that. But I, I do think now we're realizing some pitchers are better – uh, two times through the order versus maybe the third time through yeah. or maybe one time through the order. And one time through the order could mean nine outs, right? If, sure. if you get all the way through and you, you clean it up, could be nine hitters, could be 12 hitters. So 
you know, we're looking at it as which guys, how do we complement the entirety of our pitching staff in, in total? And I do look at it like maybe like Milwaukee's looking at it like now, certainly like Rocco has, we've talked about it. How do we get the most value out of each of these pitchers? How do we deploy them best? Yeah. Uh, last question for you here, Derek. Thanks so much for uh, coming on Touch Em All. I'm curious to know what you guys are using from a tech perspective. If, if there's anything you can share with us, I know around the league you see these, I see them on Twitter every day, people talking about their Rapsodo machines or Edgertronic cameras, anything like that. Are there things that the twins are using now that maybe if uh, if you teleported from 15 years ago, you you might not even recognize how you guys are helping pitchers? Yeah, th- those two you just touched on, you know, Rapsoda and Edutronic are two systems that are available to us. One's a video system, one's more of a ch- pitch tracking system. But I, I think what's what's lost in this conversation is is and it's interesting to talk about the techno question. But the key is how you translate it. The key is how you get a pitcher to understand what he's doing, what he's trying to do, and not just tell him here's the data. I, I think. Sometimes that gets mis, mis, uh, mislabeled yeah. that we just bring up a, uh, a binder of information here's hand the it to the pitcher sheet. and say, here's what it is. Yeah. The key is, I'll give you a good example. You know, you get a pitcher who uh, has a certain fastball profile. You know, some guys have sinking fastballs. Some guys have more four-seam riding fastballs. And then he throws a secondary pitch off of that. Maybe it's a slider. Well, there may be a better combination of fastball types for that pitcher because of the way his slider moves sure so if it's and maybe if he removes one of those fastballs from his repertoire everything plays a little bit better and i've seen that happen before you know with with pitchers and it really becomes effective over time and we'll continue to dig into ways that we can utilize that kind of information to help pitchers find a way to get better and just to clarify you are using the some of the technology to help assess that difference that you're talking about. no question you know you're looking at how it comes off the fingers with some of these with some of these cameras and videos uh, how the ball spins and you're using the data to really back it up to look at it in a larger sample so i think these are tools to make us better and uh, i can tell you that we're never going to stop looking for ways to make us better yeah. at the end of the day and that's <laughs> right. that's the goal right yeah i suppose that's a good thing for a chief baseball officer to say <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's what i'm going to hold everyone else to so I, I better hold myself to that too awesome derek falvey was our guest derek thanks so much for your time and appreciate you coming on touch them all thanks for having me well, that'll do it for Touch Em All. This episode brought to you by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. We'll be back Friday with an episode of Five Thoughts. To find that, just subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts. If it's iTunes, Apple, whatever, search Score North Twins. That's S-K-O-R North Twins. For Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, and Rami Makloff, I'm Derek Wetmore. Thanks for listening to Touch Em All on Score North. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.